This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Blank Podcast. I'm Giles Perry Phillips and I'm here with the legendary, because oh. I'm going to swing it back to you now, Jim, the legendary Ooh. Jim Daly. It's actually a bit weird hearing it, actually. And yeah, now, no, now I've heard it, actually. It's a bit so weird. So that's why I feel weird every week Sorry. when you say it. I thought I was being really positive. It's actually, it's actually a bit awkward, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. Very kind, though. Thank you very much. Well, it's uh, meant. Thank you. I'm How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm okay. What's this week been? We're in, we're still in February, are we? Or are we in March now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably March. February's behind us. Yeah. And uh, we are looking forward to spring. Yes. It's sunny today as well. It's really sunny yeah. outside. So yeah. that always About helps time. the spirits, doesn't yeah. it, when it's a bit sunnier and nice. Yeah. Do you know what else helps the spirits? Oh, uh, people, you're such a prefer. People, people rank in our podcast because I believe yeah. that we are creeping up the iTunes chart, which is we actually, amazing news. We actually got into the top 10 on the Personal Journals chart, which is... I'm so pleased with that. That's which amazing. Is, yeah. Do you know what? When we started this podcast, it's just you and me doing this. Yeah. You know, with our little bits of, well, little bits of your gear, your little Zoom mic and your Logic yeah. and some mics. It's, you know, we're super amateur production. This is, you know, and I've, neither of you or I are particularly well known in our fields. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think would be fair to say. But, you know, we've had some amazing guests on yeah. and it's really been uh, touching to get all the brilliant feedback and yeah we've made it into the top 10 on itunes which you know yeah, yeah. is actually a bit bewildering it is a bit and, but and very it, humbling as it, well it is indeed and makes me feel very happy and uh i want to thank all our listeners for yeah. supporting us because yeah. it know, feels like we're g- getting a little sort of team of listeners together today, yeah and so it's, it's just a very special thing for us to do so yeah. yeah thank you for keep listening and this week's guest is the amazing julia bradbury yes julia who's a broadcaster presenter uh travel logger all sorts of things she does yeah amazing she yeah. does everything yeah and she's travelled all over the world doing her shows yeah and she talks a lot about her early career where she started working with Janet Street Porter on yeah. these sort of launching a lot launching of TV lo- shows yeah launching a lot of channels yeah. she's kind of seems Being to be the, the pioneer yeah. yeah 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 and what she was a wonderful guest yeah so friendly great energy about her we our chat went so quickly it, it did, sort of rattled it did, through it, it and the hour had gone you know, yeah, and Julie's just a, a genuinely lovely person. I've got to know her a little bit over the last sort of year or so yeah. via social media, and she's just a genuinely lovely, lovely person and full of enthusiasm and 
just a, yeah, great person to talk to for an hour. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into that hour. This is Julia Bradbury on The Blank Podcast. <laughs> I was on Steve Wright in the afternoon yesterday. Oh yeah, and they well he sometimes sometimes they go live. I've done it live, but sometimes they pre-record. Was it pre-record? And that editor is a genius. Yeah. Why was it not very good then? No, no, no. (laughs) We talked for a long time, and there there was a lot of laughter and interjection and funny things happened, and all of that was like it was sliced out. It was supremely clean. Yeah. It was like oh, that's a good. Mm. That's a real skill. Yeah. 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 Not anyway, we haven't got that here, well, so, yeah, exactly. so let's but not make like, any mistakes. <laughs> we let's like just our, be perfect. Can I get the editor to come and help out with the pod? We like yeah, our rough and ready. I mean, part of the blank thing is that we leave in the blank moments. Well, because that's, that's part of that's exactly. the whole thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And that's what we like. We like it. Yeah. We like it because it's natural and it's human to make mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to make them. Yeah. So we try and make so we try make them. Do, <laughs> doing them on a weekly basis exactly. on your very own podcast. You exactly. should maybe rename the. The, the podcast. mistake podcast, mistake. yeah, the terrible podcast. It was a mistake starting the, the podcast. Awf- <laughs> the awfully terribly blank mistake podcast. Yeah. There you go. Catchy, not very yeah. catchy. I'll have, a, I'll have a cup of tea while you yeah, prep yeah, yourselves, boys. Well, no, <laughs> a little we're, sip. We're there, are we? Yeah, yeah, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, Julie Bradbury, thank you very much for being on the blank podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to finally meet you, yes, Giles. We and are, you. A, we are a rarity because. We've made friends, and I feel it, like it is yeah, a genuine yeah, yeah, yeah. friendship over Twitter. Yes, on social media, and uh, I I often tweet that I, I think that there are some really positive things about social media. Of course, we hear all the time about the bad things. Yeah, um, and they are there. We know yeah. that, and the bad people are there as well. Yeah. But I think you sometimes you carve through a lot of uh, rubbish with certain people, and you can see straight away from their posts and from the correspondence between yeah, the interactions, you. Yeah, yeah. you the interaction you know that that you like this person yeah. and you get on and, and we we're one of those yeah yeah no, nice. no it's lovely and, and i've yeah i'm connected with lots of lovely people on, i mean i i'm a big advocate for the positivity of yeah, yeah. yeah. which you're very good at you're very good at that yeah you do you do you're, you're always very lovely on a friday everybody, <laughs> everybody gets their feel good friday yeah, yeah. little tweet from giles and everybody responds yeah i know no, really right. and i'm always really touched that everybody responds because um, you know you think actually you're bothering people every week <laughs> i'm not. forcing my positivity <laughs> on you but no, it's you know. good yeah. i think that all of those people because you've got you've got some regulars that yeah, you that yeah. you do on a friday i think we should all try and meet up i think so i do you know what? i've been thinking for ages it would be great to have a twitter meet up yeah, yeah we should yeah, we should do so, that yeah. we should do the feel good friday yeah. the nice people the yeah, positive yeah, yeah, yeah. people yeah. we could invite a troll or two and like yeah, really yeah, have yeah. a go at them <laughs> yeah. yeah we should all meet up you don't get many trolls though do you I, I don't get many trolls, but I am surprised sometimes by some of the things that people kick back on. So mm. I did a post the other week reminding women to get a smear test. Mm-hmm. Both of my parents have had cancer, so we're very cancer aware in our family, as we're all cancer aware. I mean, at the moment, I've got two friends who are going through mm-hmm. serious chemo. So cancer is something that yeah. touches all of us. And I know I've done lots of health programs on the BBC as well, yeah. and I'm sort of journalistically trained. So I know to ask questions about everything basically Mm. and screening should be done with caution and with advice and I certainly wouldn't suggest that you screen haphazardly Mm. but cervical screening for women has had an incredibly positive record and can genuinely save lives and you know we'll know a lot we we all have heard a lot lot of public people who haven't undergone a cervical smear and Mm. things have been caught too late and they've died Jade Goody being the most famous example 
uh, one of the most famous examples. So I did, there's something called the smear for smear campaign where you do a selfie of yourself and you smear your lipstick up your mouth. Oh, I'm seeing that mouth. post of yours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and that's, it's to grab people's attention. Yeah, you see the smear for smear and it's like, don't forget to get your smear. And I had a couple of people who, one woman with the vitriol about the downsides of smear tests and the negative side of smear tests and actually nobody should be going for you shouldn't just go for a screen test and it was and I was really perplexed by it and and my, my instant reaction and I always try not to instantly react yeah, because you always instantly react in the wrong way so yeah, I gave yeah, it a little yeah, yeah. pause and then I thought about it. I thought no, no no this is fine I said I'm really surprised to get a negative response to something about cancer uh, because I don't see how this could be misconstrued mm. as a bad mm. thing in any yeah, way. Yeah. Anyway, she had a beef with uh, cervical screening, and she also, I don't know if it was if it was her personal experience, but mm -hmm. she had had many miscarriages, right, which she okay. had put down yeah. to oh, okay. cervical screening and the impact. Um, and then it, it happened, there was a trail, and the trail then led to a very odd story about a man who'd set up a, there was a cure for cancer, and this man had the cure for cancer, and he was selling a blood-related um, product that could cure cancer, and this man has recently been imprisoned. Right. And a, a court okay. found that, that this mm. this this to be quite a suspect yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. and illegal, what they were doing was mm. illegal. But they were citing this as as the cure for cancer and showing trying to indicate that it was a positive thing and a good thing and mm. that and that the cancer business in the national health system is just a racket, mm. was what they were saying. Just a bit odd, yeah. and yeah. yes, there are those conspiracies out there. Though, there are those conspiracies out, there. and you do have to have to listen. And I certainly, as I said, you know, with all screening, mm. I mean, they, you shouldn't do the same with mammograms. It's wait for a certain sure. age, and you know, there's there are yeah, things yeah. to do. But you take medical advice and you take personal choice. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're not intrinsically bad. No, yeah, I don't no, think. No, no, getting checked isn't bad. Getting checked, but isn't you bad. get there are people out there, and you don't. I always feel like you don't always know people's stories and backgrounds. Yeah. Know what these people have been through to get to this stage where they feel that level of vitriol or whatever. So. Yeah, and they're coming, at you with a, with they're, coming well, they're coming at you with 280 characters, aren't yeah, they? And you, or, feel, you feel yeah. like it's an attack on you, mm. but it could be them just having a bad day or mm. spouting off about something. No, this lady, yeah, certainly, she felt that because I had 70 or 80,000 Twitter followers, she felt that I shouldn't be doing this because I had, had a platform. Right, I had a platform. Yeah. And it was, oh, you're a celebrity and you suddenly think you're an expert. And I said, no, no don't think just that. Just being an advocate. Yeah. Just being an advocate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm. So, but, but you're right. I'm I'm lucky. I've got lots of nice people that follow. Yeah, yeah, me. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm very, I'm fa I feel very, very privileged. I've got all these lovely people following me. So it's very nice. It's nice to have these connections. So, we normally start by going back to school days. Oh, what was school no. like? <laughs> I went to school in Sheffield because my mum, uh, my mum yeah, and dad okay. both had uh, businesses. My mum had her own um, dress uh, business and design and stuff. Mm. Very creative. And my dad was in the steel industry, so they, they found okay. themselves... I grew up in Rutland, which is the smallest county in England. But really? then we moved to Sheffield, but we kind of commuted back and forth. Did it feel like Rutland. a small place? It was a little village. A yeah. little village, grew up next door to the church, heard yeah. the church bells, could cycle around the village very Everyone safely. Everyone knows everybody. Everyone yeah. knows everybody, yeah. Everyone's climbing apple open. trees. <laughs> yeah, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, like idyllic, yeah. idyllic little, little spot. And then Sheffield, of course, is this big, the big city, the big mm. smoke. Mm. And I was about, I think, 11 or 12. Oh, they're calling. Hello. <laughs> Sheffield's calling. Yeah, yeah. Sheffield's calling. Hello. Uh, um, where were we? About 11 or 12. Mm. When, so when I was about 11 or 12, we made that move to Sheffield. So I sort of did my 
latter bit of education in Sheffield, and I went to a Sheffield comp called King Edward VII School. Okay. I wasn't very good at school. I didn't no. really like school. I didn't really... What, you weren't really academic? Or I was, no, I'm not academic. I didn't really vibe off the school atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad was very academic and my mum right. was not. My mum was driven and entrepreneurial and my dad was academic and thoughtful. So was that an issue, though, with like one parent being like, be free and do whatever you like, and the other one saying, no, you've got to learn everything? And it wasn't, <laughs> they weren't that strict. No. But I think what it demonstrated to me was that the, the, it was the two different directions sure. in life and the two different personalities and the two different, two different approaches mm-hmm. to life that you can undertake. And I definitely leaned more towards my mum's side, okay. which was self-taught, self-motivated. Um, she had a little bit, I think, and still does, and I don't have, have, disdain is too strong a word, but she would say things about the world of academia and how, mm. and it is, it's a wonderful thing to be able to go to a university and spend years studying one subject and yeah. pontificating about that subject yeah, yeah, and yeah. discussing with your peers and really probing every angle of that subject, whether it's history of art or politics, whatever it is. I mean, what a, what a great privilege, mm. um, yeah. but also a bit of a bubble. Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. It's not real. It's not real life. Get out there, have a yeah, job. Yeah. Unless you end up having a job in academia, which yeah, of course yeah. lots of people do end up doing. But it's not like the cut and thrust of everyday life for most people, is it? Yeah. So I remember. I remember that uh, that sentiment coming from her, and I think it probably had its influence. And you were into acting as well. Were you? I loved acting. I loved English. I loved English lit. I loved geography. All the soft subjects. <laughs> yeah, same, yeah. Um, I wasn't very good at biology. Wasn't very good at physics. Wasn't very good at maths. Still have a bit of a problem oh, with maths. Maths. I'm terrible at maths. Mm. I did my GCSEs twice. For maths. Right. Yeah. The first year I got an E, so it's not good. No. Then well, it's not an F. Well, no. Wait for it, though, Jim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the next year, I got extra tutage, and I got an F. Oh, God. I went down a grade. How did you... How I don't that, know. Everyone always... Like, with extra tutage? Well, uh, I don't know if the tutor wasn't very good. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> wow. But, but I'm just... It's just a blockage for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, it's funny enough, I talked to my wife about this, and she's had to recently do um, a math, some maths testing because she's done teach training, and... My mental maths is much better than her. So my mental maths is okay, right. but it's all the kind of writing down yeah. algebra and all that well, kind of got, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What you've got, you've got to remember formulas, haven't you? And actually, yeah. it's a technique. And I've got exactly. a little boy who's seven, and he's obviously he's not doing exams yet, thank goodness. But they start to teach them about <laughs> testing. And, yeah, and, yeah. and it just is a technique. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, I was not stimulated by learning a technique no, to yeah. pass no. an exam. Yeah. Because that didn't stimulate me. And I also, when you're young, you say, oh, well, what good's it going to do me in life? Yeah, Which exactly. is a very naive yeah. and stupid thing to say, obviously, cause that, <laughs> but that's why you're young. Um, and then when you get to you know, yeah, your 40s, you go, oh, actually, now I get it. Of course. Yeah, there's, another day, there's another day gone by when I didn't use geometry. Yes. <laughs> It's an unfair way the exam system sometimes though, isn't it? Of making you kind of do these techniques rather than just like because some people could do that without learning the subject. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, there are are lots of incredibly bright kids who just are great at exams or who who have photographic memories uh, and just just have a very good um, technique which doesn't mean that they're very bright. And that was definitely something that my, that my mother always taught mm. me, intelligence. Yeah. Um, intelligence is not the same as being academically bright. No. Yeah, and yeah. emotional intelligence and common sense, she would say, common you can't buy oh common God, sense. Yeah, yeah. Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. That phrase banded around our yeah. household. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's true, you do, you get these lofty academics, don't you, who are 
super bright and, and admirable in so many ways and you feel that they could just walk into a swinging door or get yeah. run over by a bus because yeah, yeah. they're so like doing the the, the, the the beautiful maths theorem but yeah, they're not yeah. looking where they're going yeah, they're like, <laughs> like equations on a ma- on a board in a school yeah, yeah. and um, then you turn them into a room to talk to people and yeah. they're like oh, well, it's oh different, yeah, yeah. Different, their brain is trained oh. in a different way their yeah. brain just isn't trained mm. in a way to, yeah. to engage in, in public life whereas mine is the other way can't do maths at all even though my dad's an accountant so Oh, doesn't make sense, does it? Following my family no, business. No, sorry, that's Dad. probably a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what happened to, to the acting then? I went to drama school and I did like after 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 school drama uh, classes and all of that. And when I did leave school, which was at 16, I knew I wasn't going to go to university. I didn't want to go to university. I wanted to go and get a job. That's what I really wanted to do. And when I left school, I wanted to be an actress or a copywriter in the world of advertising. Because oh, okay. yeah, I've yeah, always yeah. been fascinated by marketing and advertising and online ad campaigns and strap lines and yeah. all of that you know and I thought that I wanted because I was quite good at English I thought it'd be quite cool to write the strap lines for various um, ad campaigns and things and actually I remember when I was in school I remember coming up with an advert for keeping Brit- for keep Britain tidy oh really which was about uh, and it was it was just people walking through your living room and dropping bits of litter as they walk through your, your living room and just, you know, finish their can of Coca-Cola and yeah. then drop the can on the floor yeah, yeah, and yeah. finish their bag of crisps and drop the... And, and then them walking out of your house and yeah. you sitting there surrounded by all of this rubbish yeah. and yeah. it being, you know, would you do this in your own home? My strap line was, would you do it? You wouldn't do it in your own home. Why do you do it on the streets? Yeah. And bizarrely now, I've become an ambassador for Keep Britain Tidy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we do all sorts of campaigns. Okay, that you, kind that, of thing yeah, 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 yeah. comes up. Oh, you've come full circle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Mm. So what, yeah, so what did, what made you, did you do that a lot when you were in school then, thinking of like... Yeah, so thinking of campaigns lines, yeah, yeah. and yeah, 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 and, and what I would sell and how I would sell it and my, my art project, one of my best friends at school was Gabriella and our art project was, we could, you could do anything basically, it was art and we created a nightclub together, so we did a model oh, okay. of a nightclub um, and then we had all the different parts of the nightclub, so what would they would sell upstairs, the dance floor would be downstairs did and you how, have a name we, for your how we would g- get them... What, did, what was the name? Oh, uh, we did we did the Coca Cola symbol. Um, yeah, we did the Coca Cola symbol. What did we do with it? We did something that we weren't allowed to do anyway. Okay. Oh, yeah. Against the rules. Yeah. It was yeah. Copyright. Oh, right. Thanks. Yeah. Just did the Coca Cola symbol. Yeah. We're definitely going to get some branding from Coca Cola. I think we might have written cocaine in the Coca Cola. Wow. Okay. And that was an. But we didn't. We had no idea. We didn't even know what cocaine was. Trendy name. Yeah. There's probably a chance that could have been going on in your art club. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Looking back. Just embrace it. It's a free for all here. No, no. We were all. We was all about making it. Making it a commercial. Making it a commercial success. This nightclub. So we would definitely have had to have sold it. Yeah. 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 It's funny, isn't it? I was thinking like small town nightclubs because we've. Did I guess, did you have one? In, you wouldn't have yeah, had one in your village. Not in our village, but uh, yeah, but the Sheffield. school nightclub in Sheffield was Isabella's. We oh, all okay. went to Isabella's when we were sixteen. We go to Isabella's and we would drink pineapple and Malibu. Nice. Yeah, stylish. It was lovely. That was the inspiration, was it? For I don't know <laughs> what the inspiration was. I don't know what how we ended up doing that. But I was always yeah. I think selling. And because my mum was a designer and had a shop, and I used to work in the shop as well. So it's like front sure. of house yeah, selling. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. It was, that was just it's just I suppose in my blood. Yeah. My, uh, I grew up in a town called Edenbridge in Kent, and the nearest town with a nightclub was East Quinstead in Sussex. 
and uh, there was a nightclub called Martins. Oh, lovely. And it was, a very, at least once, if not twice, voted the worst nightclub in Britain. Well, really? Yeah, which is actually quite, well, impre- that's quite uh, impressive, isn't it? I and it was Seaford. horrible. So I'm from Seaford in East Sussex, and we had a nightclub until recently called, the, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before, called the Trek Club. Yeah. Ooh. And that was voted third worst. Oh, well, You know yeah. why it wasn't up Never there being the first one? Because it wasn't named after a lady. No, that's true. Isabella's Martins. Trek Club, that's just, well, that sounds, have, sounds too Well, yeah. they used to have, like, um, Star Trek memorabilia hanging from the oh, ceiling. Oh, that's pretty bad. Sticky floors in Martins, yeah. I think Isabella's is quite I did meet my wife there, to be fair. You didn't! Did you? Yeah. Anyway, we'll cross over that. Um was she wearing spock ears? <laughs> no, 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 she wasn't. <laughs> you went for the one that wasn't wearing the <laughs> yeah, spock Yeah, yeah, she's the only one who wasn't yeah. in Star Trek. I think I'll ask her <laughs> if she wants a drink. <laughs> yeah, nightclubs. But anyway, so so you could have gone two ways then. So you, yes. the marketing, the copywriter, or, or, uh, the, or the acting. And my dad sat me down and suggested that acting wasn't okay. just, you know. Hard. It was hard <laughs> and the prospects were not great and and sort of laid out the, the realities of being... Did you have like a proper sit-down like family conference? Kind yeah, of thing? I wouldn't call it a conference. I think yeah. we just had... We used to talk yeah. all the time. We yeah, had a, sure. like, my parents were very, very good at communicating. Yeah. We had a very good relationship. We still have a very good relationship. So it was just one of those chats. Sure. And uh, he, just, he, yeah, he persuaded me that it wasn't. So I went for the copywriting job and I went for a job interview when I was 17 for, uh, in an advertising agency in London. So I decided I'd go to London and get my first job. Mm-hmm. And it was an advertising agency called Jaffe and Young and they were looking for a receptionist. And I thought oh, this okay. was a way through the this door. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dick Young, who was the one of the, he was Jaffe and Young, he was one of the bosses, mm. he interviewed me. Oh, okay. Which wow. I thought that was, he was the MD. And I thought that was, that was pretty impressive. And they told me about the reception, um, the reception telephone system that they had. I can't remember the name had some funny name you know matador Cocaine. seven or something no it was okay. like you know the, the <laughs> isabella's <laughs> it was a number with a, yeah, with a sure. funny name console 432 or yeah, whatever yeah. it was Classic. and he said oh have you ever operated one of these systems before? i said no i haven't i said but i promise you i'll be able to work it give me a week i'll come in for free and i'll come and shadow oh look someone's drilling for us now yeah, they're yeah. putting in the system Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i said give me a week come in <laughs> I said, give me a week and I will come and shadow the receptionist and I will learn how to do it. Okay. I promise you I'll learn how to do it and that's it. And I'm, and I'm happy, to, happy to do that. And he gave me the job. And he shook my hand and said, I can't believe I've just given the job of receptionist to somebody who doesn't know how to work the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you, you, won't make a mis- you won't have made a mistake, I promise. Yeah. So that, sell, that salesmanship. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. sold yeah. myself yeah. in yeah. full yeah. earnest, yeah. you know, off, off so how long did you blown. do the reception? How long did well first? How long did it take you to learn the switchboard? Three days. Okay. So I, I mastered Less it. It wasn't complicated. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it took me three days to master that, and I stayed there for a year. Oh, okay. And I did manage in that time. I would any spare moment that I had, I would be in with the account directors, and I would be in with the the uh, the copyright team, in with the art guys, and I would just be watching and learning and seeing and asking them about the new campaigns and who the new clients were. They didn't have very sexy clients, to be honest. They had a lot of like building and oh, petrol okay. stations. And sure. it, wasn't, it wasn't the high yeah. end of, of, of glamorous advertising. But it was a great way to learn about the whole process. Mm. Was there any mourning period for the acting, though? Did you like think, oh, were you sti- was it still in there, thinking, oh, I could still do it, maybe? Or was it just literally, right, this is my path. I've chosen this one. I'm leaving that one behind. Well, a year later... 
my sister, Gina, had by that time begun working with my mum in Sheffield at the shop. And my sister had moved the business uh, uh, to London. Mm-hmm. She hadn't, taken, hadn't moved it away from Sheffield, but had opened another wholesale side of the business in South Moulton Street, which is quite a nice street in London. And the, uh, they'd started selling my mum's my designs, my mum's oh, clothes. Okay to a wider audience and to different shops all around the country. So she'd grown the business. And the next step for them was to open another retail shop, which they did in Beach and Place, which is very posh, just behind Harrods. Hmm. And they asked me to join the business. They said, said, come on, you've you've had a year now. Um, Come and implement what you've learned and come and help us with the marketing. We we, we started taking advertising space in Vogue and things like that, little tiny adverts. And and that was my role within the business. The, The bit where you sold yourself, That's quite a brave thing to do at a young age. It's a really good life skill, isn't it? I was overly confident. I look back now and I'm I'm embarrassed by how confident I was. And that, obviously, when you're young, translates into being quite cocky. So I I kind of cringe a little bit about some of the things that I did. Not like horrible things, but but just my attitude. I was very confident because I believed that you had to... You had to portray that confidence. Even if you weren't, maybe. Even if you weren't, in order just to get get through the door. I've always believed that you make your own opportunities. And you can only make your own opportunities if you put yourself in the position mm. to do yeah, that. Yeah. And there's nobody to do that but you. Yeah, yeah. Is that something you still, and I still, you still do? Absolutely. Mm. You, you, you take every opportunity you can, but you make every opportunity that you can. Yeah. It's hard though, isn't it? It's really hard. It's difficult. It's really hard. And, and it doesn't mean that you're like that all the time. And sometimes I can be one of those people who I could see somebody that I know and I might, they might be on the other side of the street and, I just, and I'm not feeling that I can say hello. I'm just mm-hmm. not feeling yeah. in that, that mood. Or have, and, and I'll just walk past and, and do all that. So it's not about being supremely confident all the time and thinking you're amazing and can, can tackle anything. It's about getting match ready, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, especially, I guess, in the industry that you've ended up working in as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all about, my industry is all about being convincing. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. And now, for me, the important thing about, about my role being, being a television presenter, everything that I do, all the projects that I take on, I genuinely am passionate about them. There's something within each of those projects that I really want to explore or talk about or learn more about. Uh, and there are things that I've turned down because I'm not interested in them and because mm. I couldn't be convincing because yeah. it's not something that that, yeah. that motivates me or, or inspires me in any way. Yeah, because the audiences will, will s- would maybe see that or something if I you can tell so. that you're I not engaged in it. In I don't know. I, 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 think, I think you can get away with quite a lot. Uh, it's probably more now about me and, and what I'm comfortable with and what, what I'm happy with. And this this whole podcast is about blank, and I have lots of blank blank moments, lots of times when I forget. I mean, I've I've been to so many different places. I've travelled the world, mm. and that's not me being hey hey. Look, I've <laughs> the job has been incredibly um, fulfilling and rewarding for me, and has taken me everywhere. And I'm very very grateful for that. But sometimes I forget where I've been, or I forget that if we've been on a particular journey. I mean, at the moment I'm doing press for my, for a new series. Um, well, I've been in Australia. Mm-hmm. We travelled 12,500 kilometres across Australia. We must have gone to about 60 different places. And I interviewed maybe 100 people. 
So to remember all of those places yeah. and mm. the journey that we took, because it's all disjointed in telly as well. We didn't start in yeah, one place. Sure, and yeah, then yeah, go, yeah. You don't go from one end to the other. Yeah. It, it happens in a, in yeah. a very disjointed yeah, of course, it's way. Not linear, is it? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not linear. Like making a movie, you, know, yeah. you shoot the end before you shoot exactly. the beginning. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think people sometimes, of course, they don't always get that and, and understand that because mm. what they're seeing is the linear journey because yeah. that's what you're that's what you're meant to do. Yeah. But I'm very. Uh, committed to trying to remember as much as I possibly can about that Australia journey and to remember the names of the people that I've met and to remember the names of the places that I've been to and to remember that story and to remember the statistics mm. and the journalist in me wants to be factually correct mm -hmm. so I don't want to blag it yeah yeah and that's sometimes, and then when you do forget a name or a place, I mean, I, I'm constantly doing, if I'm doing a, an interview with a newspaper over the phone, the phoners, the day of phoners, <laughs> if I do forget somebody's name or the name of a, a place or a product, I say, please make a note of it. I promise you I'll email you and I will send all of those details to you because I want you to put them in. I don't, sure, want, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say, oh, it was a guy that I met in. I yeah. want it to be the, pr the full yeah. name and I want that, that's how I want it to read so I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'll send it to you and I always do I make sure that that's they get that's a all really the good way of covering that little black moment yeah and turning it into a positive moment rather than something that when you put the phone down you thought oh I've just remembered that guy's name yeah and I didn't mm. during the phone call didn't mention that or didn't say that yeah and I do that's, that's so good that's a precursor for me for every interview that I do I say I'm, I'm really sorry if I do forget anything or if there's any is there, if there are any facts that I want to get to you I promise I will get them to you afterwards and I'll make sure that so you're quite pragmatic in your approach then yeah that's such a good way to, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do that that's such a good way <laughs> of doing it it's like, a, it's like a safety blanket. Yeah, it is yeah. a safety blanket. And then you don't give yourself such a hard time yeah. about it. And you, sure, as you don't yeah, have yeah. that moment. As yeah. you said, I was going, oh, no, of yeah. course. The surfing dude who, who yeah. has surfing dogs was called <laughs> yeah, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Why didn't I remember that? Yeah, Chris is great. Chris yeah. is great. And I loved him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I really yeah. had a great interview with him. And uh, why didn't I remember his yeah, name was Chris? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's right, because I interviewed seven people <laughs> that day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Chris. Um, but the thing is, you can, those blank moments, you can let them spiral. If you don't do something like you explained there you can actually and then it becomes worse and worse and worse in and your then you head feel stupid. or leads to more you feel stupid as well because then you go oh i'm really sorry i can't remember the name of that place that i was in and people are like oh, are you nuts how can you not remember where you've been and yeah. you go oh yeah uh, yeah it's and that can be really embarrassing and that's horrible and uncomfortable and, and none, of, no, none of us like that no. so how just going back again, mm. how did you move into broadcasting? What was so after I joined the after I joined the family business, and I did. They were they were fantastic. My sister Gina and my mum Chrissy were, were brilliant, and they did give me free reign to to do the marketing and explore mm. that side of business. And and we did some really nice adverts, and they we got really good responses to them. So that side of it was working. So uh, and that was good. And the the sh working in the shop bit was so positive because. You meet everybody when you work in retail. When you work in a shop, whatever it is, whether it's a, uh, whether it's, if it's you're in a pub or you're in a, you go, I've just gone blank. A news agent, a health food. Shop. I worked in a bookshop for a long time. So. Uh, that's a great way. You mm. meet everybody yeah. from all walks of life. I mean, everybody. I mean, we had, you know, our uh, the bin men who looked after Beach and Place were fantastic, and they would come in and we'd have a chat, and every Christmas, you know, you give them some money and say thank you very much, and you get to know them and everything else. And we had lords and ladies. Um, Princess Diana was a regular along Beach and oh, Place, okay, so she'd okay, often yeah, yeah. You'd wow. see her walking along. Yeah. One night we had a, a hilarious. It was a Christmas evening, and a guy called John Reed came in, and John Reed is Elton John's manager. Oh, okay. He's been 
fortune. We were the only shop that was open on Beecham Place because we were late and we were packing up. And he came in and he bought um, a whole bunch of stuff for Renata, Elton John's wife oh, at the okay. time. Yeah, Remember yeah, yeah. that yeah. period? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He bought her a load of dresses. I mean, the, the clothes my mum designs were very beautiful and handmade from beautiful fabrics and lots of leather and suede and appliques, mm. bespoke, very, very high-end, beautiful, beautiful items. And he bought all this, all this stuff. Wow. And he spent thousands. I remember going, oh, my God. I mean, imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then we had a fantastic lady called Lady Zenya Judd. Who was a great name? Or great name, and never, you know, <laughs> never forget <laughs> yeah, that yeah, name. Yeah. Never go blank yeah. on that name. And she'd come in, and she looked like Lady Penelope from oh, Thunderbirds. Right. And if it was raining, she would have a little silk Hermes scarf ra- wrapped like the Queen yeah. over her hair and tied just in a tiny little <laughs> bow underneath her chin. And she could go, "Oh, ladies, ladies, this." This weather is dreadful for the hair. <laughs> oh, it really makes it go all frizzy. She actually said something really politically incorrect about the hair, and we said, "Lady Judge, you cannot say that." And she went, oh, you know what I mean, girls. But I'm not. Yeah, was thank it was, you. Yeah. No, it was. Deeply. Sounds like you're working in a sitcom. It, 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 that, Are you being served? Yes. Yeah. It, well, one day I want to write the sitcom of yeah. those times yeah, in yeah. shot. So what a but what a wonderful platform. What a wonderful way to learn about dealing with people and communicating sure. and how to read and measure people but never judge yeah you should never judge people another lady came in and we always had we were always very nice we always can we help you would say what what we did we explain what we did and then sit back and say if you want if you've got any questions please let us know and this lady said she said you're so nice thank you so much for uh for, for your approach and i really appreciate that she said i've just been into and she mentioned a big designer name on bond street she said they were incredibly rude to me Basically, looked down on me and mm. suggested that I uh, that I couldn't afford a bit about the, sure, the Julia Roberts yeah. moment in yeah, 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 yeah. And she was a lady. She was she was a titled, oh, okay. very wealthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, but very lovely lady. But she was in her dog walking outfit. Yeah. And she never went back. Never to that judge shop. a book. No, never <laughs> judge a book. Yeah. And just be nice to everybody. Yeah. I can't even imagine doing that, judging someone for what they're wearing. Like it's just. It's a bit unfair, isn't it? But some people, some and people certainly the that, fashion, yeah. and in the fashion industry as well. Yeah. And there, are, bizarrely, you'll get a young woman working in a, a, a well-known designer shop, and because she's working in that shop, she thinks she's amazing. Yeah. And and suddenly gets to get, get, takes on it these airs and graces, and, and so yeah, you know, not just yeah, not yeah. just women, men, and because of where they're working. Yeah. And yes, you are taught when you work for certain brands, there's a standard, and you're meant to be polite, and you're meant to offer perfect service, and that's what you're meant to do. But that doesn't mean you're meant to be a snob. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think some people just misread that. Yeah, you, you learn you learn empathy really working that. Yes, in I think I bit. did learn empathy, and uh, uh, it wasn't just from that. It was obviously you know, I, as I said, my family unit, my parents. I, I put down my human skills. I put down to my family life. I, I know that I was, I've been very blessed that we're a very warm, loving, close family, and communicate quite well, and uh, are always there to sort of just wipe the finger at someone you need hang it. on a minute yeah, yeah. You know, my sister <laughs> still work we work together and she's the person who can tell me no come on we need, w- wind it in come on <laughs> yeah, get in the back yeah, yeah. get be on time don't yeah, do this yeah. don't keep them waiting you know yeah, all, yeah, sure. all that stuff so i left the I, but i left the shop because as wonderful as it was um working uh, in the shop and doing all of the marketing side of things i found it incredibly claustrophobic I think because my family is so close, mm. it was just for me, it was too much. And I was like, you know what? I love you guys, but I cannot, I need something else. Sure. I need to be yeah, freer. Yeah. 
and I need there's another side to me that needs to be fulfilled and I then wa I wanted to be Joan Bakewell so I sort of switched from the acting to broadcasting and Joan Bakewell remains my heroine to this day because the type of programs that Joan Bakewell was known for were so varied mm. she did very serious programs and investigative consumer stuff and and human journalism like heart of the matter was a program that I remember, yeah, I remember that remember program that? yeah I loved that program loved that yeah program. And then she'd do radio uh, shows about conflicts of interest, a bit like The Moral Maze today, yeah, which yeah. is one of my favourite Radio 4 shows, and I listened to, to that a lot. And she also did some travel things, and she was having this affair with a famous playwright. So <laughs> yeah. She was an interesting woman. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it was like, wow, I really... Yeah. I was like, she's cool. I want to be like her. Yeah, I want to be like her. So very serious and good journalism, but a little bit naughty on yeah, the side. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so my ambition was to be Joan Bakewell, which I've never achieved, obviously never will, because there can only ever be one Joan Bakewell and John, one David Attenborough and one all of those. But yeah. she was a very good... Um, heroine to have yeah, in your yeah, sights, yeah. I think. She was, yeah, a, yeah. She was, she was an inspirational yeah. character. Yeah. And then I got a big break working for Janet Street Porter. There was a, a, a channel called Live TV which started, Richard Bacon started on Live oh, TV. Okay, Claudia yeah. Winkleman started on Live TV. Oh. And I started on Live TV. And we, we really, really learned about television then mm. because we were thrown in the deep end. Janet was our boss. We learned about working with news, uh, working with a news desk and producers, how to cut packages, mm. how to h fine tune our presenting skills. Don't talk too quickly, breathe properly, don't move your hands too much. I still move my hands too much. No, exactly. um, and it was just, it, it was like, a, it was probably the equivalent of a media course now. Yeah. You know, people do media courses in Bournemouth and places yeah, all over the country. Yeah. So it was like a media boot camp. It was a media boot camp, but yeah. we were live. Yeah, we we yeah, actually yeah. went live. You were learning on the job. We yeah. were learning on the job yeah. and we made horrendous mistakes. I remember when we did go, Janet Street Porter's on the television in the room. Oh, really? How, How weird. weird, yeah. Hello, That's serendipity. That's weird, isn't, isn't it? That that is strange. Weird. Oh, wow. And look, she's walking. She's doing some geology yeah, rambling Yeah, oh, goodness. This thing. is very fake. How very <laughs> weird. It's a bit spooky. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to walk in any minute. Yeah. <laughs> I go, you were shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I wish I'd never fucking know it. <laughs> oh, she was so funny. She'd shout, she had this big glass office where at Canary Wharf and she'd shout down the corridor. We'd be on air and um, the, the deal with Live TV is that we all wore bright primary coloured okay. shirts and we had Patrick oh, Cox right. loafers that were purple and blue and had those famous stack heels and she would shout out, Get that fucking shirt off her. <laughs> I hate that colour. <laughs> and whoever was on air was like, quick, 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 get the shirt off. Quick, change her, change her, change her. Yeah, she was, she was, but she was pioneering. Yeah. Real, yeah, yeah. real pioneer. She, I, I was a newsreader. That was my first on screen job for live TV. The microphone failed. So I was the first technical fault that happened okay. on the first <laughs> day that we went live on air, which is good. And uh, she had, ha she'd had all the computers in the background of the newsroom, she'd had them all sprayed in multicolours. This was before Apple, everybody. Okay. Yeah. This was way before. And her idea was that we sat, up with the newsreader sat on the desk with all the newspapers around it and it was very relaxed and deconstructed. And that was her. Yeah, mm. yeah. That was Joan Street Porter. Yeah. And that is how news yeah, yeah. changed. She changed yeah. news. And then she got uh, moved along, I think is the polite expression, because they brought in Kelvin McKenzie from the Sun newspaper, mm -hmm. the former editor of the Sun newspaper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he brought We're all in, faces. He brought in topless darts. <laughs> oh, okay. and oh my God, He really? also brought in um, that, News Bunny. <laughs> and he, they introduced something called the sex show. And they tried to get me to present the sex show. And I said, no, I refused. And I had a set two with all the management, including Nick Ferrari, who's now on LBC. Yeah. 
and they kept trying to get me to present the sex show and I said I'm not doing it I know what I want to do in my career and I don't want to say Rupert yeah, yeah. Murdoch bought out the company or something. I don't, it was all it was the mirror yeah. group wasn't it David Montgomery and the mirror yeah, group were the yeah, owners and yeah. there was it was all newspaper boys by that yeah, yeah tabloidy tabloidy yeah, tab- yeah. but you were taking on the boys you were taking on the men when you did that yeah. and they did not like the fact that I'd said no and yeah, yeah. it was a full-on fight and at the same time, I was interviewing for the job of Los Angeles correspondent for GMB, which was back then was called GMTV. I was Ross King, as he oh, is okay. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can say this about Ross, I'm taller and not as orange. <laughs> He's a friend of mine. I love you, Wassy. <laughs> I, and I was interviewing for that job at the same time that I was having this fight with the management. Okay. And I luckily got the job. And so I could go into Nick yeah, Brown and I said, we, we don't have to fight anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He, looked, he looked me in the eye and he went, Bradders. They used to call me Bradders. Bradders, you old horse. He said, I knew you'd go on to do great things. And then the next day he signed me another job doing the sex show and I refused again. <laughs> I didn't do it again. <laughs> but they probably hadn't, that, that kind of environment, they probably hadn't had many people say no to them. No, before. they didn't. I no. mean, they brought in bikini-clad girls to do the weather, N- Norwegian weather girls who did who who read the weather in Norwegian in bikinis, and then they'd go over to England and they'd switch, or they, then they'd go over to do the Norway weather and they'd do it in English. That was the quote. He, he was clever because what he was trying to do was to get live TV noticed and yeah. get it into the newspapers. I know exactly what it was. And from a marketing point of view, I respected him fully <laughs> yeah. because he was certainly, News Bunny was genius. News Bunny would rock up. It was News Bunny was a bloke in a suit a big rabbit suit and newsbunny would rock up at every serious news event and wave in the background and basically scupper yeah uh the the news broadcast for every other news broadcaster but newsbunny got lots of headlines because was there somebody got fired um because of newsbunny because a, a new news editor was appointed and they couldn't find Nick Ferrari was running down the office and they couldn't find somebody to be to put on the news bunny suit. So Nick Ferrari grabbed this guy and went, You put the news bunny suit on. He said, I'm not doing that. I'm the, you've just yeah. hired me as the new news editor. <laughs> so they fired him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's a brutal, br- utterly brutal environment. Yeah. Ooh. Where, you know. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was in my I was twenty two or something. Wow. Oh, so you were really young. I was young. Yeah. And and yeah, didn't get didn't get all of this. All of the like the politicking and and I was really upset. I remember being I had an agent by then, but I remember being really upset about the whole sex show thing. And, sure, it, and, yeah, and, and you know yeah. I had to pull a sickie and I didn't want to pull a sickie. And I yeah. you know just remember talking to my my agent with real it was it was a deep distress level of distress going yeah. on because it felt as if I was being unprofessional in some way. But I knew that. But at the same time, you had integrity. And yeah. I just had an instinct that it yeah. was wrong for yeah. me and I and I don't judge anybody. I'm not prudish about sex. No. I just knew I didn't want it wasn't to, for you. It wasn't yeah. for me and I knew it was the kind of thing that would come up in years to come. Sure. That is yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. the kind of clip that you always yeah. Yeah. and I did the stupid photos like for lads mags you know what nothing mad but those pictures now come back you know people go oh look at her then I was in yeah, my yeah. 20s like in a PVC rubber yeah. suit with loads of lip gloss on and, <laughs> yeah. all. and they come back and people people send those photographs to me now and say will you sign them and I look at them and go, oh, oh god, my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay I mean I can't deny it's me but oh yeah. the things we do yeah yeah so you must have had it in those early days of live TV. Must have been so many blank, literal blank moments. Oh God! I mean, uh, that well, we were winging it. A lot of yeah. us were doing a lot of winging yeah. in those days. And but did you feel it was pioneering? You know, you're saying it's about it being pioneering. Did you feel like it was pioneering? We just felt all excited. Yeah. We ve- we felt <laughs> very jubilant, and we all felt that we were doing something quite new. Uh, I remember um, Dermot Moynihan came on as a guest and he said, this place is crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we thought that that was cool because obviously yeah, yeah. If, he like thought, if, if he thought this <laughs> yeah. was crazy, it must be cool. Yeah. 
so you just we all knew that we were we had this great freedom and that we were doing something unusual and yeah. it was a nice it was a nice feeling but we had no idea i mean now i you know talk about janet and what she did with the news mm. and, and the computers and all of that and and you look at it and you think now mm. you understand how pioneering it was yeah. but we all understand don't we, as we get older the the groundbreaking stuff that we perhaps were part of or yeah, a little bit yeah, a little yeah. part of you you read it in a in a different way yeah and you were getting away with it as well yeah we were <laughs> getting away with it yeah, yeah. exactly and it didn't matter if it went wrong i mean there were so few people watching <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah exactly but it's, yeah like you say anyway it's, tra- it's training as well you know you, lear- you learn as much from the moment especially in broadcast when it goes wrong yeah because the next time it happens you make sure that you're not you yes know, it's not going to happen or you do your best you do your best for it not to happen again they were, that was the one and only time uh, on television that I uh, got a fit of the giggles that I couldn't control and I couldn't oh right you corpsed co- I corpsed yeah. and I was laughing and, la- and I couldn't pull it together and I must have laughed for about three minutes which is a long time of live television a long laughing time. Yeah. and I remember I was <coughs> there was a guest on the sofa called Nadine Baggett and Nadine is a very um, well respected beauty journalist now <coughs> and we were presenting a show. I was presenting a show called Body and Soul or something. It was some pseudo health show that we'd like written on the back of a fag packet. <laughs> but Nadine <laughs> was our beauty expert. And we had a dream specialist called Lorian who had incredibly clammy hands. He had that disease. I don't know the name of the disease. When yeah. you sweat profusely and it comes out of the pores of your <clears throat> the palm of your hand. And he had a crystal I ball. I've heard of that. Have you heard of that? Sort of. Yeah, yeah it's, it is. It's a thing. Some people and just... And what's his name? Lorian. Lorian, he was called. Just and he was Lorian. quite the character. And he, right. wore, he wore knee-high boots and a military jacket. And he read a crystal ball. But of course, when he was reading... Very damp crystal ball. Well, that's right. <laughs> when he was reading the crystal ball, it was, his hand slipped all over it. Oh, no. So he was so funny. And he made the... Someone was phoning in to have their dream analysed because he was a dream analyst as well. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and they phoned him and said that they'd had a dream about all their teeth falling out. And his response to this was, have you been to the dentist? <laughs> which, what? which I just could not. I was like, <laughs> I could have bloody said that. And that was the thing that just set me off. I couldn't get over his ridiculously stupid response to this, to this phone. So we had someone live hanging on the, the phone. We had Nadi there who's standing right to give beauty advice about yeah, yeah, something yeah. else. And then Laurie with this crystal ball. And then at that moment, the um, production manager's hand waved in the shot. And I went, I'm in the set of anti- Acorn Antiques. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. Yeah. I was gone. It was brilliant. Did he have to look at the crystal ball to figure out that... Uh... No, he just that came up with that thing. all oh, on his own. Incredible. I wonder yeah. where he drew that from. I wonder where he Most is special. now. Yeah. No, He's probably got a column with the sun if or you're something. Listening, uh, <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> Lauren if you? it's yeah. you, where are you? Yeah. What and, did you And how are your hands? Do? How are, are your hands? Do you, and what's the disease what's called yeah, when yeah, you sweat profusely through the palms of your hand? You must have so many moments where you were just like, what is happening? What am I doing? Because it sounds like it was quite push. It was pushing the boundaries wherever possible. Yeah. We'd so go, we'd, we'd be, I, I, I became the showbiz reporter as well. I mean, I did everything. Yeah. So, you know, studio show. And, so um, showbiz, but were you on like red carpet type? Yeah, thing? so it was oh, red okay. carpet stuff. But of course, because we were live TV and we had an audience of about four, we didn't get any access. Okay. Nowhere. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> so so you like four rows back. Hey, oh, yeah, you were news yeah, bunny at the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So you had to talk your way into places. And my, yeah. my oh. golden moment was when I managed to talk my way in to the Warren Beatty premiere party. Oh, okay. And Warren Beatty and Annette Benning were there. Wow. It might have been what Bugsy. Might Bugsy? Have, might, yeah. Would it have been Bugsy Dick Tracy. Madonna? Or Dick Tracy. Maybe yeah, it was Dick yeah. Tracy. And I managed to talk my way into the party. And then I managed to get an interview with him. Oh, wow. I managed to wow. talk my way, got all the way to the front. 
got an interview with him and then I felt this hand on my back, on my shoulder. And a very clammy hand. It wasn't Florian. <laughs> he hadn't made it in. He, he didn't slip through the net. <laughs> He's outside the window. Yeah, sliding on the, on the doors, like, sliding on the, win, on the window panes with his wet, with his palm, wet palms. And I felt this, this uh, hand and an, a, a voice in my ear said, who are you? <laughs> And I said, oh, I'm Julia Bradbury from Live TV. We're the official camera crew here with, for the premiere. And she went, I'm Rosemary and I'm head of press and you're not the official <laughs> camera crew. And I looked and I went, oh, I said, oh, Rosemary, how lovely to meet you. I've heard yeah. so much about you. Thank you so much for giving us access. It's obviously incredible. And Live TV are thrilled to be here. And we're going to give you such a good, you know, prominent yeah, spot yeah, on, yeah. Our, on our Showbiz Daily show. And she and I became, she then sort of, looked at me and gave me a bit of a and she became a bit you're of a hustling. confidant you're hustling mine. you're oh, hustling yeah. but she then gave me lots of access to other premieres and other oh, films cool. after that okay. we kind of I think there was a little she looked at me and went alright well done you got in and you yeah, got the interview yeah. so yeah. Well, yeah. well done yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. what a life skill to get though that blagging essentially blagging anyway. yeah it's a good blagging incredible. is an important thing yeah, and I still ba- blag but it's going back to that reception job you know saying oh, give me some time give me, I'll yeah, get exactly. you know, yeah, yeah, that confidence oh, yeah, yeah, I will yeah, get, yeah I'll get in there yeah. I'm going to do this and yeah. you know but had w- and I will prove that I can do it you know? yeah. the problem though with blagging is that once the second pr- question happens once once the first <laughs> moment <laughs> yeah. is gone and the second moment arrives in the blagging if you don't have the answer to that yeah. and you go blank then you're, you're in done. trouble you're in trouble because then you just look like a blagger yeah, yeah. And fine line yeah fine line so you've got to You've got to, you can't blank when you blag. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> that should be the tagline for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. you go. You can't. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. So did you go f- to the BBC from there? Or was there, is it, oh, am, it was I, a, am I jumping? It was a slightly more circuitous route. So then I went from Lifey, I went to LA. Okay. And I, oh, so because you did the showbiz stuff. Did the, yeah, yeah. did the showbiz stuff in LA and that was... There was, was it a bit bonkers? Bonkers, absolutely yeah. bonkers, crazy. I mean, premieres three or four times a week. You know, oh, okay. people forget that the business of show... In Hollywood is show business. Yeah, you know it, that's what it is. It's that is how they make their money. It's not like property. It's not like finance. It's not. Mm. Like, this it is movies and television, and more so. In, back when I was there in the nineties, it was more movies, um, less less television and more movies, and it was movie stuff. So it was the it was they were those were the days of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sandra Bullock and John Travolta. Um, and those what Tom to Hanks. Them? What happened to all those guys? Yeah, what happened <laughs> to all those guys? My first job, my first interview. The day after I landed for that job, and I flew there with Gina because I managed to oh, get okay. her yeah, to yeah, take yeah. me there because she'd lived in LA with her first husband. Oh, okay. at that so show time. you around. So she showed me around and was looking after me as the big sis and like you know helping me move and doing all that stuff that she still does, organising my life. Thank you, sis. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and the first job the next day was to go to the Beverly Wiltshire and interview John Travolta. Wow. Who was my my schoolgirl crush? Mm. I mean, I still watch Grease on repeat. I couldn't believe my, I just couldn't believe that there I was in the Beverly Wiltshire interviewing the man, Danny. Yeah. Danny Zucco. Danny, <laughs> yeah. Danny Zucco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh. And I, I went to a chocolate shop around the corner because I read that he loved chocolates and I bought him some uh, Swiss oh. chocolates. And that was the first Good thing I did. Play. I went in and I said, yeah. you know, Mr. Travolta, it's a real pleasure to meet you. I know you've got a sweet tooth. Which of course he probably just threw on the floor and gave to yeah. somebody else. I thought it was a nice touch. Probably it was pretty cheesy. You wouldn't do that now. I wouldn't do that now. No, it wouldn't work. No, I've never done that. I think the fact again, I was young and he was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're clearly making an effort. Yeah, I tried. I was making very trying. Well, you're making an impression as well. Clearly. Yeah. 
Hopefully. Yeah, that's what you have to do. You, yeah. you need to you need to look them in the eyes and junket interviews. I mean, this is lovely. You know, you, we're having a l- nice long chat. And we're ambling along. You can cut all the rubbish out and all the rest. Of it. When you do a junket interview with a Hollywood superstar, you yeah. get eight minutes. Yeah. So you've got to Super make precise, it work. Yeah. yeah. And they've already done a hundred of them. So they're bored shitless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to ask the mainline questions about the film because yeah. that's what the publicists expect you to yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah. So then, how do you get something else out of it? Yeah. You've that's your yeah. that's the skill bit you've, you've got to and I imagine that's even harder now because you're trying to get a viral bit of viral information that can, yeah. go, can really yeah. spawn yeah. off and actually the, the pressures of doing that are probably quite intense and if the journalists don't like the question they walk in the back of shot sure. they, they, they do everything they'll, 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 they'll cough they'll do anything yeah. Really? Really. yeah. the other journos the, the? Uh, no not the other journos the, uh, sorry not the, the journalists if the, if the publicist oh, right. really? the publicist doesn't like the, the question that you're asking or you've gone over time or they just don't like you, they will That's deliberately ruin the shot. Yeah, ruin the shot. Mm. That so is that so you cheeky. can't use that, that piece. That is so cheeky. Yeah. I mean, it's genius, but it's, it's also yeah. <laughs> very yeah. cheeky. Mm. Oh, man. I'm learning so much. Wow. <laughs> so LA, yep. and then I came back to then the UK, and I launched Channel 5. So oh, what you course, m- what yeah, you yeah. might you'll, we're going to develop a theme here. I specialise in launching yeah. television channels that have a very small audience. <laughs> 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 so Channel Five, when it launched, had a problem with its aerials. That's how far back we're going. Still, t- TV uh, stations still boosted their signal with aerials. It was before we all had Natasha Kapinski was a part of the lo- big launch for Channel yes, Five. Yes, and well. Kirsty Young. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was it was me and yeah. Kirsty Young so and, Natish- and Natasha. Yeah. And what were the big shows? And then it was the three Fs. Dawn Airy was the the lady in charge of that. And the three Fs, and I only remember two of them, fucking in football. There was another yeah. one. I can't remember <laughs> what the other F was, but that's what but that was said that was it. cool that they were sort of pioneering again, having a, an all female kind of lead. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And the the first people uh, on the channel when we launched that 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 night to a third of the country because the others didn't have the aerials. <laughs> uh, the Spice Girls were the first oh, okay. women, so, yeah, yeah. first women on. So it was the yeah. Spice Girls and they'd done a special jingle. Mm. Went five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was Tim Vine and me. Right. And we went, hello. And I, and I remember saying, hello, welcome to the UK's you know, fifth terrestrial channel. Yeah. Yeah. And Tim Vine said, I'm Tim Vine and she's Julia Rapri. And that was when Tim Vine had hair. And I, <laughs> and I remember looking, I look back at that because it's on YouTube now. And I looked incredibly stiff. I, sort of, I had an earpiece and it didn't really fit properly and it was dangling around the back uh, of my neck. So I was moving my neck, yeah, like yeah. craning my neck a bit. And a friend of mine said, did you hurt yourself <laughs> yeah. or something? Did you, did you even back oh, it? Yeah, thanks Tim. Yeah, uh, thanks Tim. <laughs> yeah, nice and natural. Oh. <laughs> And then from Channel Five, I did. I was I was on Channel Five for a year. I had my own uh, entertainment sure. show called Exclusive because they poached me from LA. Of course, so, so it was, so it was yeah. the showbiz stuff. Yeah. And that's when I knew. That's when I started to realise as well that I couldn't do that job for a long, long time. That showbiz and entertainment is is a young woman's game, and that you need to try and carve another niche because it's it's you don't get you know many fifty year olds. Uh, females doing red carpet stuff and doing mm. all that entertainment stuff. Well, you do more now, actually, and certainly in America, the people, yeah. the, the the female sure, presenters yeah, of Access yeah. Hollywood are, are my age. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're seasoned seasoned ladies. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, I think, it w- I, I thought it was going to be a bit of a young person's game, and that I needed to try and branch out. And that's when I started doing bits of work for the BBC and just doing pilots sure. and doing whatever came, any scraps that came my way, I would then do and tried to get a foothold in the BBC. And I did weird stuff. I randomly did a tangential move to Channel 4 and started doing late night sports stuff. 
Oh, okay. Extreme sports, right. uh, like snowboarding and speedway. I did speedway on, oh, on right. Channel 4. And I did that because it was live. A lot of it was live. Oh, okay. And that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good experience again. And also it, it, it taught me about, I didn't know a lot about Speedway, but I learned a lot about Speedway and it taught, taught me how to learn, yeah. you know, new, bone up on a new subject and, yeah. and, and learn enough Getting to sound yeah, yeah. compass mentis and not compass mentis, that's the wrong word, isn't it? Yeah. Sound, what should we say? Confident. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good in idea. your, in your, in your subject. And that was great. I mean, again, I traveled the world with Speedway because mm. Speedway, uh, th there are Speedway tracks all over Europe. And then we had a massive, the world championships within Sydney. Wow. Wow. So we used to go to Poland So was that the beginning of like the sort of the travel stuff? Yes, that was the beginning yeah. of the travel stuff. And at about the same time, I started, uh, I started reporting for Wish You Were Here, uh, which was oh, the ITV Judith, Judith Chalmers. Chalmers. Oh, yeah. So I was reporting <sighs> on Wish You Were Here. Well, she, she was still hosting. Then, she was she? still hosting. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And I got to watch her and see her work. And, you know, she was the... Yeah. We're not worthy, yeah. we're not worthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the beep started trickling in. And then I, I, I got a, a break, another big break. I and mean, it's all sort of luck and opportunity. And then I got a big break uh, presenting Watchdog with Nicky Campbell. Yeah. Well, um, it is luck and opportunity, but you're also you're making, you're making your own luck as well. You know, you're putting you yourself to, out yeah, there. Yeah, you hustle a bit and you have to be there. Yeah. And mm. that never stops. I mean, I still, I have coffees with people. I talk to people all the time. You, you, you just stay in communication with people. Yeah. And you put it out there as well. You've got to put out there the kind of things that you'd like to do. Mm. Yeah. And some people laugh at you and go, oh, of course you would. Yeah, good luck <laughs> with that. But sometimes it, get, you know, it gets through and there'll be yeah. somebody who likes you. And commissioners change all the time. Yeah. And they all go in a big circle. Yeah. And the commissioner that you worked for at BBC One will one day work at BBC Four or will work at Channel Four or, yeah. or will become head of a big indie production yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and they might remember you. And they might remember mm. you. Yeah, exactly. So you just stay in touch. And yeah. you, I mean, I, I'm constantly coming up with program ideas. I'm constantly pitching program ideas. Um, and, you know, I, I've had a success rate of about 1% of my own stuff. But That's probably very, very good. But you've got to keep yeah. going. And, and by con continuously generating these ideas, you stay in people's minds. And yeah. something else, another up, opportunity yeah. comes up. They go, we didn't like that idea. We're never going to put that on the channel. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we thought about you for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, for this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yes, thank yeah. you. Or, no, oh, no, that's not quite my cup of tea. But thanks for thinking of me. What yeah. else have you got? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's hard sometimes to keep pushing yourself like that to do those things and I think people assume that once you get to a certain stage in your career as well that you don't do that anymore and I think a lot of people think that your agent gets you all your work which is just not the case yeah agents they facilitate, do the paperwork agents <laughs> yeah facilitate your work yeah. and they do the paperwork and they do the billing and they do get you do get you some work because by the very nature of the fact that they are agents they get lots of inquiries yeah. because they're looking after lots of people. So you do pick up some work because they go for somebody else at the agency yeah. and they go, so, you know, X can't do it. But Julia's around. Have you thought about Julia yeah, Bradbury yeah. for that? And they go, oh, no, we hadn't thought yeah, about yeah. that. And that can, that can be a way for you to get work through your agent. But it's you yeah. that sits down and has Still coffee and gets on yeah, with somebody. Yeah. And they either like you or they don't. And that's how you get the job. Yeah. And do you prefer live stuff then? Is that your I love live TV. There's something obviously very exciting about live TV. You, you've got to really prep. So it's, it's, I imagine it's a bit like getting ready for, if you're a professional athlete, it's like getting ready for a match. You really have to know your stuff, you prep. I'm very fastidious about doing my research, knowing exactly what's going on, knowing where the hour is meant to be going, and also yeah. knowing that the hour will probably go wrong. 
because it does. I still present, I'm an absolute petrol head. I've always loved cars, which, which jars slightly with my conservation side. But there is Formula E, which is the electronic yeah, yeah. Uh, formula. Oh, yeah. And the car industry, interesting has, ha, interestingly, has made more strides to clean itself up than almost any other industry. Yeah, if you say, think yeah, now yeah. about hybrid and electric yeah. and petrol is cleaner than it used to be mm. and, and uh, versus diesel. So on one, on one side, the car industry has done, done a good job. Mm. Uh, and then the other side is all about politics and oil. Yeah, Let's yeah, not get yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I present Goodwood, which I do every year. And I do that for ITV. And Goodwood has three fixtures a year. They have the Festival of Speed, they have Revival, and then they have the the Goodwood Races. And I present that because I get to go and look at these beautiful cars. Like the original 911 um, that's now worth 20 million is this beautiful silver little egg-shaped beauty with bespoke leather seats and just gorgeous little gate gearbox and oh lovely stuff and and i do that because i love it and some of that is live and the races are happening yeah so we have to then you know run to the pit lane and interview the guy how was that what went wrong why did you do that you know why have you decided to swap drivers and i love all of that that's that's exciting television yeah to do that almost like a drug i guess a little bit sort of like an addiction it like is it is a little bit and you know your mouth goes dry and, yeah. and you, you know running over and you go what am I going to ask him what am I going to ask him what am I going to ask him hands get pu- yeah, pu- you, yeah you do yeah. 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 really close no yeah. you get you get a little bit you, you tremor a little bit yeah. yeah. and you're running over and then and you think I'm not going to know what to ask I'm not going to know what to ask and you stick the microphone into the window and something comes to you and you go yeah. oh thank god <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah. came to me yeah so you've managed to overcome the blank moment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because we have a lot of guests on this podcast don't we that from varying industries but you've probably had I'd imagine more blank moments than most people we've had on the pod throughout your career thank <laughs> you very much I take that as a compliment, <laughs> a compliment. I was going to say, but say, you're you have, say where are you going with this uh, I don't know <laughs> um, but I'd say you'd, you'd probably be the overall I guess the most expert at overcoming them to covering covering, well your, covering your tracks I've recovered, I've recovered it. well done yeah. <laughs> thank you for that Jim yeah. you've yeah, recovered nicely recovered and thank, I will still take it as a compliment yeah it is a compliment yeah well I guess you're in positions where you would Get yeah. more black moments, I guess, maybe than than some of the other people we've had. Yes, because I, of what you do, because, because of what I do. That's yeah. that's yeah, that's that's the, the nature. nature. It's the, the nature, nature of my job, yeah. and because my job is so so varied. I have a, I, I give talks and, and speeches, and one of my lines from my talks, my speeches, is what I love most about this job is the variety and uh, the unexpected nature of what's coming next, and indeed, if anything's coming next. And what I hate most about this job is the variety <laughs> and the unexpected <laughs> nature of what's going And it's both of those things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But you have to embrace, you have to embrace both, yeah. to have one, or one to have the other. Yeah. Just and now that I'm a mum and I've got three young kids, I, I love the downtimes sure. more because yeah, yeah. I've, so, so it doesn't feel like there's such a big hole yeah, yeah. Uh, or that I've got to constantly be looking for the next thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so you're hustling less now, do you think? I, I hustle in a different way. Yeah. I'm a different kind of hustler. <laughs> so I think my, my goal is now to have two television series on every year, whatever they might be. So a passion project and say a good, it could be a Goodwood and yeah. then my Australia series. So that would be my two. Yeah. So my goal is to have those two and then to parcel off the rest of my time between my charity endorsements and um, ambassadorships. Mm. Um, and then obviously have enough time for my family and my yeah. kids and give them And you write as well, because you're writing as well, aren't you? Yes, I write. I mean, I'm not a great writer and uh, and I, I love reading, so I love reading great writers, and then you, you'd put down a book and you go, oh, to be able to do that, the mastery of words and the beautiful 
turns of phrase and the, the, the use of vocabulary, you're just, oh, that's so lovely. I certainly wouldn't myself in your category. I don't earn my living out of writing. You earn your living out of writing, well, I would say. that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my writing is more... My, what I've ended up doing, actually, is doing a lot of copywriting. Mm. I end up I subbing a lot of press releases. Oh, yeah, yeah. I end up writing short bits about the project that I'm on. Um, and that's what I end up memorising as well. So I've basically become my own copywriter yeah, yeah. for things that I do. Yeah, so going full circle. Yeah. yeah. When you started out, that, yeah. yeah. Fulfilling that mm. potential. Yeah. So, uh, Julia, we normally end the podcast by asking people, f our guests, for their advice on blank moments to our listeners, if they're having any. Buy yourself time is, would be, my, would be my, uh, my number one bit of advice. So you can do that in a variety of ways. You can bounce back another question. You can also say, oh, I'll get back to you. Uh, let, let, me, let me answer that in a moment. But yeah. I just want to pick on something else. that I just want to pick up on what you said earlier because that really resonated with me. Or oh, that's a good one, actually. That's really yeah. good, yeah, yeah. Uh, and do your homework before you're about... Whatever it is you're meant to do, whatever you're preparing for, really just do your research. Mm. Yeah, and if you've done your homework, even if you know... Even if you know a partial amount of the information that you're meant to, it's something that you can drop back to. So you can say, well, actually, I, I, I've forgotten that. Or I haven't got that. But what I do remember is that yeah. when I was in the forest in Australia, Juan Walker, who was my Aboriginal guide, I remember him telling me about the golden orb weave, uh, sp weaver spider and how the cobweb is stronger than titanium and how miraculous that was and how they use it to repair their wounds. Uh, and it coagulates the blood. And so then you drop in another bit of really interesting yeah, information. Yeah. And hopefully they've forgotten the first question. <laughs> <laughs> and, you've overcome, and you've overcome the blank. <laughs> it's what politicians do all the time. Yeah, yes. yeah. Exactly, just deflect with something else. If you listen to politicians, they have three things or four things generally that they want to say in an interview. And whatever yeah, the first question is, yeah. they don't answer that first question yeah. generally. They say, well, John, I'll get to that in a moment. But yeah. what I'd like to but say I'm first is to. the research today has yeah. shown, the research has shown today that X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, a good journalist will, will obviously re-ask that question. Yeah, I bet yeah. but, but journalists have this thing, where, but politicians have this thing where they want to get their three points out. And so that's what they will focus on. And that's yeah. a really good way to try and remember what are, what are the things that you can remember. I, I, I read quite a lot of sort of memory uh, aid books and things. I listen to memory aid podcasts and stuff. And one of the things, one of the, the techniques when you're trying to memorize a textbook is in every chapter, just remember three things from the chapter. Don't try and remember more than three things. Yeah. But if you remember three things in a chapter, you're doing well. And then when you look at that across the, 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 the width of the whole book, you've got a lot of information, yeah. more, than you would, more than you would need. That's good. Mm. That's I think good we need to get Julia to be a consultant on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. <laughs> do we get to come to this lovely bar? We do. Yeah. Uh, there won't be hammering and uh, chiseling. Can we come at memory. night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is that allowed as well? Yeah. 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 It's our podcast. Yeah. Do we want? Yeah, you should. Nighttime <laughs> blank podcast. Blanks brought on by alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Late night blanks. Blanks in between shots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Oh, Julia Bradbury. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Jim and Giles, it's been a oh, pleasure to meet thank you. you. Thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. That was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, guys. Look at that.
Right, there you go. Julia Bradbury, what an excellent guest. Oh, just a real joy to sit down with such a lovely person for an hour and talk about their career and their life. And yeah, well, she's done a lot. Yeah. Like you and said, her black moments. And her black moments. Again, very honest about, uh, about her career, but really been at the forefront, launched a lot of things, you know, yeah. Channel 5 and live TV. And yeah, lots of stuff I hadn't uh, realised about her career. Yeah. And yeah, and obviously she's got some really big shows coming up. She's been taught, she did a uh, tour around Australia and she's been interviewing all sorts of different people from all different parts of the country. And that shows out on ITV now. So yeah, so check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's very, very interesting. And uh, I mean, Julie's just brilliant at what she does. Yeah, absolutely. It was an absolute pleasure to uh, spend an hour in her company. So um, if you're enjoying the podcast, do us a favor, contact us on social media, say hello. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and the handle is at Blank Pond. It is indeed, and I believe you've got a tweet there, John. Yeah, we've got a lovely tweet here from Graham Neilan, uh, or Neilan, I should say. Yeah, and it, yeah, just a really lovely uh, message about a uh, sort of general message about the the, the podcast. Um, Graham says, "State if things are good or bad. A simple life philosophy. Your podcast is amazing. Oh. Not only in the way you get these guests." But in how they you get them to be so well open, bright, and almost confessional. Oh, is yeah. a bit sometimes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And they are so wonderfully brilliant and uh, fallibly human. Um, you oh. have a rare gift, which is you know wow. it's really heartfelt. Did you write message. that? <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> is no, a beautiful it's, it's message. Well, it's too well written for me to have written it. So no, that is uh, absolutely. Like I say, we said at the beginning of the wow. pub, it's just a humbling experience. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I slightly shed a tear when I read well, that. Yeah. And I, I genuinely, that's a that was really heartfelt. And I and I'm, you know, thank yeah. you very much to Graham for that. Thank you, Graham. That's a beautiful message. And fallibly human is a is a is a wonderful phrase. Mm. I almost feel like that's a good name for the podcast. Yeah, fallibly human, <laughs> and he's <laughs> absolutely right. Um, so thank you very much to Graham yeah. for that. Yeah. And thanks to everybody's listening. Exactly. Uh, you can email us as well. Yeah, hello email at blankpodcast.com. Theblankpodcast.com. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get to us somehow. Um, and next week, we've got another guest for you. Next we've Wednesday morning. Get, we yeah, have. Another amazing well, guest. They I mean, they're all, all amazing. Yeah. But this, yeah. Uh, so make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast, and they will drop into your podcast folder on whatever app every yeah. Wednesday morning. That's all you've got to do. Hit that subscribe yeah. button and uh, listen. Yeah, that's and give, us, do. give us let us know what you think because yeah. we, we love hearing from you. So we really do. So you'll hear from us next week. In the meantime, have a great week, and we'll see you then. Bye. Box Media Podcast.